Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products, a top-selling company on Amazon designing revolutionary products for VR and AR, including the Asterian Aura VR headset stand. I'm Jay Bratt, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and a Halloween enthusiast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software dev who loves game design in VR, except for horror games. <laughs> and tonight, we have a very special guest, Virtual Reality Check. VRC, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, thank you very much. I am Virtual Reality Check, owner of the YouTube channel Virtual Reality Check, where I do game reviews, accessory reviews, mainly for the Oculus Quest and Oculus Rift. And that's pretty much awesome. what I do over on YouTube. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. You got to check Oculus them out. The Oculus Rift, though, man. You, uh. you... <laughs> Dating yourself hey, yeah. a little bit there, huh? Hey, yeah. It, it, some people still own them. <laughs> we want to thank VRC for being here tonight. We're here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities. So we have some of the latest and greatest VR news. And then we discuss the games we've all been checking out and whatever concepts that leads us to from there. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here in VR, interacting as if we're really together in one room. So go check out the channel if you want to see us in our lovely virtual faces. We got a couple questions here from our communities. Uh, first one is from Crowd Nation, and he asks, is there a moment from a TV show you'd like to see or do in VR? For example, I think it'd be interesting to rip a character's heart out like in <laughs> ABC's Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Now, I, I will genuinely say, I don't think I've ever had the urge to rip someone's heart out in VR. However, <laughs> I think it's come pretty close in Blade and Sorcery. <laughs> I can't remember. I yeah. feel like I've held a heart in my hand in VR, and I was trying to remember when I've done it. I think uh, it was in... Probably Half-Life Alex is what I'm guessing. I, I actually think it was Shadow Legends, if you really? know the game that is, because you have to collect hearts as like these souls. So I think that's what I was thinking of. So when I saw the question, I was like, what am I remembering? But VRC, is there something you think of, like a TV show, a movie, something you were like, I can't wait till I could do that in VR? Actually, yes. Believe it or not, I'm I'm a huge I'm, I love Marvel. I'm a big Marvel fan. So the like, I mean, you can kind of do the same thing in playing sorcery with mods and stuff, but like holding like Captain America's shield and throwing it at somebody mm -hmm. and knocking their face off, or you know, using Thor's <laughs> hammer and just lightning them to death. You know, something like that would be, I think, would be really cool to experience in virtual reality. But something that I would really wanting to experience is like. Iron Man style, you know, yeah. Like mm. I know they have like an Iron Man game for PSVR, but like nothing for Quest or uh, Rift at the moment. Yeah, yeah I got, that's, that. That's be something that would be very. Much I got to play. In. I got to play Iron Man PSVR, and they. I don't think it's coming to anything else, but it really needs to because it really scratched that itch for me <laughs> of like feeling like you're actually <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, Adam, you got one in mind. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really along the same vein is just some sort of superhero simulator, you know, being yeah. able mm -hmm. to fly or jump around the city and then just super punch someone into a building. Mm. Yeah. I know that there's some games that uh, really try to lend itself to that fantasy, and I don't think anything has been quite there yet. Well, it's hard, I, I you know, you. yeah, it's not only hard in VR, it's hard in just normal gaming to get it right. I don't know if anybody remembers Superman 64, but that is considered I, one of the worst video games of all time. <laughs> Superhero oh, no. games are hard for some reason. I don't know why you'd think it'd be yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially in virtual reality where you, you, you know, you feel like you're the character and you know, that kind but of, you stuff. know, that makes it harder though. Right. Is because in real life, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty buff. I'm not going to lie. Right. But I don't got super strength. And so if I punch someone, it's, it, it's really hard to convey the sense of super strength. It, it takes so much programming to do that because it's just me with my wimpy little arms flailing around in the room. So trying to convey that superhero presence is really hard in a game. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. It, I think it's tough. I think it's going to happen, though. I think some are touching on it, some are trying. Someone's going to come along and blow us away with just yeah, the right. Eventually, game, someone is going to nail it, and it will be the best-selling game of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's like half of Alex, but like the superhero genre, right now. Right, right. <laughs> well, we but got yeah, another. I, go go ahead, sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, finish up there. Um, I think the closest thing for me, you know, that kind of gets that itch of being a superhero is playing sorcery because mm -hmm. you know, tons of mods that you can install. <laughs> And, you know, for me, that's like the only game that I play on a regular basis, you know, <laughs> solo, solo, solo game wise. But yeah, that's what, yeah, I, that's what I wanted to uh, finish up with. 
It's like being an R-rated superhero, though. That that is not a yeah. you know little Marvel <laughs> mild action movie. That is serious, <laughs> like Deadpool mixed with yeah, exactly. Yeah, you try tons of different games reviewing and stuff. So we had a question from Shave Dog. He said, "Where are all the good sports games in VR? It's two MD football and nothing else." I was hoping. Do you know of some other sports games? Have there been ones you tried that you're like, "Oh, this is really cool." Actually, yes. There is uh, a new one that just came out. It's called MVP. It's a football game. Mm. And I, I haven't tried it personally, but I've heard it's very good. It's much more realistic than the 2MD uh, 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 football. Because in that game, you have like uh, robots now. They used to be cutouts of players. But in, in the MVP game, you actually have like actual character models that you have to verse and you know, throw to things like that. But as far as multiplayer sports that I know of, unless you know, besides the uh, the golf genre, there is really none for the uh, the quest that I know of, at least. Well, yeah. I mean, I think sports game falls into that same category as superhero games, right? Well, if you think about the sort of the people that are really into sports games, people like sports because they're able to get outside, run around, get the fresh air. And VR is exactly none of those things most of the time, right? Is <laughs> yeah, that it's kind of the you opposite. can try and simulate <laughs> running. Well, I mean, VR is really great to try and simulate things that you can't or shouldn't do in real life, right? Yeah. It's like VR is the perfect place to rip someone's heart out because that's something you probably shouldn't do in real life, right? <laughs> but yeah, if you, I want to play You soccer, may go to prison for that, just saying. <laughs> right, right. But if I want to play baseball or something, right? Yeah. It's, I can maybe hop into a VR headset or I could just go out back and, and throw some ball around with my kid, you know? Yeah. So I feel like VR sports might take a while to get to this medium. I mean, there is one game. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. Uh, Echo VR. That's kind of like that kind of follows in the fantasy and sports that we've been talking about. And obviously that's not something that you can do in real life. So, and Unless that's you're a, Shatner. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in zero G. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, that's pretty much the only game I can think of that is multiplayer in uh, in you know uh, sports VR. But yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think it does fall in the uh superhero conversation that we were having that we were having earlier. Um it's going to be really hard to perfect uh, you know replicate that into virtual reality. Like absolutely nail it, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a few sports that might work okay. You know, we sports kind of tried to do it, and there are certain ones, you know, we can get some games. We got some boxing. It depends on what you call a sport, too. We got some boxing games that are good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. boxing games. But there's definitely, you know, some sports is going to be hard. Soccer would be a really hard one, like you mentioned, because, you know, you got to have feet in there somehow. It's just going to be tough. So basketball would be another one, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they're coming, Shave. There is one called Sports (laughs) Scramble. On yeah, I, it's kind of it's kind of a joke. I do have version. that. Yeah, yeah, what, I do have that. Mm-hmm. It touches on the the Wii Sports a little bit. So if you're really looking for something in the meantime, that might hit the spot for you. So it might be worth looking at. Yeah, it it's definitely more of a Wii style kind of sport game. Yeah, it's for fun, Adam. There was yeah. another really really good question here. Uh, it's it's got a lot to it. So what what did you think? Tell us about this question. Yeah, so I'm really sorry. Th- this question comes from uh, Brand Mollen, and I'm going to really have to paraphrase your question. Well, maybe we'll post the full question in our comments or something because it's an awesome question and it really goes into some detail. But paraphrased is, do you think that VR could make computers more accessible or safer to use? So some examples are from cybersecurity you know, email instead of getting a phishing attachment. It's like a physical attachment that you can see. Uh, Internet, which is internet within a particular company. You know, you have different directions. So looking at an attachment, you can see different directions for links within your company or without the company. Or basically, how intuitive can you make computers with VR? And honestly, this is a fascinating question. And we're actually going to get into this a little bit later when we talk about the metaverse. Uh, but for now, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys see VR affecting not just gaming like we specialize on this podcast, but just making computers more intuitive in general? 
Yeah, I see you're the guest. I'll let you go first. Yeah, I know. That's a brutal question. Sorry about that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's that's like what's quite... the implications of the universe go, right? <laughs> that's a kind of uh, interesting question there. What do you mean like more accessible? Do you mean like physically? Like if you were to have a VR headset on, would you like, you know, theoretically getting like a, a, a physical email, you'd be able to see what's inside the email? Is that what, is that what you mean? Yeah. So for example, when you get an email, uh, instead of just being, you know, flat on your screen, there's a little bit of depth to it. You're able to see the attachment, maybe instead of just uh, as an image, uh, you're able to see it with like 3D, a box, like a present that you have to physically open to get the attachment inside, things like that. I think that would be obviously a lot cooler than just clicking on an email. I mean, I don't know if it'd be more accessible per se, but... You know, uh, just looking at emails and just opening up in the physical, like, virtual reality would just be, you know, more entertaining than it would be, like, to <laughs> look at a flat screen. Might make <laughs> it more fun, but but not necessarily yeah. safer. Uh, yeah. I, feel um, like, I think that there – I'm sorry, Jay. Go for it. Well, I was just going to say, I, it's kind of reminded me of an old movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Johnny Mnemonic, uh, and it kind of played on early VR and what the future was going to be and all this. And that. But they kind of did this stuff where, like, instead of going on the internet, you, like, put on a VR headset and you, like, navigated through it with your hands. And basically they were trying to, like, make hacking look cool. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things where you could make things look cool and be much more interesting. Like, even Rec Room here, when someone sends you an item, instead of it, like, popping up on your screen saying claim your reward it comes as an actual present that you have to open and get your new item out of the box it is yeah. cooler i'm not necessarily sure there would be ways that are going to make that help people as far as cybersecurity. because like i think that most of us who are doing vr hopefully are pretty well versed in computers already kind of know what we're doing so we yeah. may not yeah, be yeah. the target audience for that uh but, but I mean, it's one of these things, right? Like, I feel like in real life, we have an intuitive sense of what's safe and what's not, right? <laughs> like, you wouldn't mm -hmm. go out to someone on the street and go, hey, here's the key to my house. Have fun, right? <laughs> yeah. But I feel like no. people online are way more likely to give out sensitive personal information than they are to give out personal objects to people. And so maybe rephrasing maybe your information or some of your cybersecurity stuff as objects might trigger that same sort of intuitive sense of safety we have your password is your house key yeah, yeah i think that's example. a good point yeah because if you had to like hand something off that was like much more important you'd be like oh wait yeah. a second <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i feel like that this is an incredible question and we're actually going to talk about it quite coincidentally a lot more when we talk about facebook's metaverse but more on that later <laughs> but <laughs> we, we will get there maybe sooner than you think when we hop into the news section uh, Jay, you want to take us into it? Yeah. Well, before we get too deep in the news, you know we got to tell you about our sponsor for today's news section, Asterian Products. They make the amazing Aura VR headset stand. And uh, I actually got – I sent one of my personal ones to VRC here because he's an amazing help, does some stuff for me behind the scenes. What do you think of your Aura headset stand? I love it. I use it every day, whether it be for looks or you know, just setting my headset on top of the stand. It, it it's it's awesome i love it i use it, it like every day like i said it glows <laughs> brilliantly it really adds to your room so if you want to find one of these we got links in the description go yeah. on amazon and use the code full dive 21 like the year full dive 21 get another 10 percent off and check out their other stuff they got an awesome vr floor mat asterian great company they're really awesome to us and they will be awesome to you too if you check them out yeah i, I don't know if you've uh noticed but i've had the asterian product in my background of every YouTube video since ever, like, ever since the day you have given it to me. And it's been holding stuff, whether it be a quest or something random, but it just, it just looks really cool. Yeah. And has it's really not cool even purpose. product placement. He just really likes it. Yeah. <laughs> it happens just, to everyone. I just genuinely, genuinely like the, the, their products a lot. Everyone who gets one, they're like, I got to have this in the shot because it looks too cool not to. Uh, yeah. Well, you exactly. Know, for so many months, it seemed like we were having a drought of information of new headsets coming. And guess who's jumped into the scene? HTC has announced their newest VR headset, the Vive Flow. Now, VRC, <laughs> you follow the, the industry pretty closely. What were some yeah. of your first impressions when you saw this bug-eyed VR headset that looks more <laughs> like sunglasses than a VR headset? 
I was like, this is going to suck. <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh, oh. Like, and- literally, I was that harsh because I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but supposedly it's supposed to have a five-minute battery life. And now who in the world Ooh. is going to use this Ooh. for five minutes and then just put it back in the charger? And I, I, I heard that the uh, the charging, I don't know if this is true or not, but the charging takes longer than the extra time that you get to use it as well. And... <laughs> And uh, the resolution, I forget what I forget what it was, but I think it's the same as, I think it's lower than the original Quest One. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, who who is this for? Like, it's obviously not geared towards VR gamers because there's nothing interesting about this product that would interest at least me. I don't know. You have the time product. for a single Beat Saber song. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, if that, if that. Well, and luckily I, we've got, we've got a lot of answers here to these questions. That we they finally dropped specs about it. So I'll shoot through them real quick and kind of tell you what this thing is, what it's who it's supposed to be for, I guess, and and then we can you know talk. Did we does this change our minds? Does this change our opinions? So this thing is supposed to be super lightweight. It's supposed to be like glasses. Uh, you put them on your face, but it does have an extremely short battery life because it's supposed to be either plugged into your phone or plugged into a battery pack streaming content from your phone. So this is more like, hey, I want to watch Netflix in bed or on a train or in a plane, and I'm going to just put these glasses on that take me out of the scene of that environment, and I am just there in a virtual theater watching my Netflix. This thing is not powerful. It's only got 4 gigs of RAM and a 64 gigabyte hard drive, but it barely weighs anything at 189 grams it's like a heavy pair of glasses but it also doesn't need that much memory and storage because your phone is doing all the processing yeah yeah this this is kind of like remember the gear vr you plugged your phone in and it became the screen everything this now has its own screens it's got a little bit of power behind it but it's still pulling content from your phone and when i say phone android p and above uh they're looking into iphone and laptop support but it's not going to be there at launch for you uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> the <laughs> resolution 3.2K, so it's not 4K. Uh, 100 oh, degrees, wrong, yeah. field of view, 75 hertz refresh rate. You know, we're getting to a lot of specifics here, but but really, this thing is basically your own little virtual theater that's attached to your phone or whatever you want to. Your own virtual space you can escape to, and it's uh, only five hundred dollars. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I was about I, I, the whole time that you were talking about. I'm like, okay, I can actually see a market for this. Yeah, yeah, five hundred dollars. <laughs> just nosedive. At that point, I just refer people back to the Oculus Go. You know, just buy a refurbished store, a secondhand one that you could buy on eBay before you know you buy yourself a Vive Flow for five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam, you used to have an HTC headset. What are they doing here? What is this about? You know, honestly, I've been asking myself that about HTC for the last decade. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Even before, it seems like that they really want to try and break open into new markets. Mm -hmm. And they're just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what's sticking. And for some things like the original HTC uh, Vive headset, really, really good for the time. And this one, I feel like that they're trying to find this new market Mm -hmm. where... And, you know, maybe they're trying to get in front of Apple, who maybe seems like is doing a lot of the same stuff that this is rumored to do. But uh, they're just trying to go, hey, we need VR for people that uh, are on the go, maybe for not gaming, just for putting it on and zoning out when you're on an airplane or when you're on a train or something like that. And I think that is really cool. And there is a market for that. But five hundred dollars, yeah. No. This would have to be priced at two hundred or less in order for it to be viable for what they're shooting for. I think. I agree with that. I agree with mm-hmm. that one hundred percent. There's, there's definitely. I feel like this is they're trying to target people who have never tried VR and somehow try this and go, "Wow, this is so cool!" Because it is a cool idea. Uh, a couple yeah. of things that do set it apart from the old Gear VR and stuff like that. This thing does have some cameras on it for inside-out tracking. It does have six degrees of freedom tracking, so you know you can still move your head around and change your. Oh, that is impressive, actually. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's got pass-through, and you want to know the one thing that kind of makes me think about getting this. It has a feature that has was on the Gear VR, and I have not seen on a VR headset since it has diopter changing ability. You can change the lenses for what your prescription would be needed. So you don't have to wear glasses. You don't have to wear contacts. You can adjust it 
to your eye prescription inside the headset. Wow. And I did hear about that. Them. Yeah. The Gear I, VR had that of all things, and we really? haven't seen it since. Yeah. Really? Well, wow. that's where the rest of the $300 was going, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe that's why my Gear VR experience was so good at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was another company that actually made something like this recently. Uh, and I'm I'm blanking. It's one of the companies that makes TVs. Like, was it Vizio? They were making something like this and partnered with LG phones. It was like a pair of glasses you put on that was attached to the phone. And they were selling it for some ridiculous amount. I want to say it was like $1,200. Oh, my uh, God. Wow. And, and it was basically just that same thing. And so there are people out there. I was on a conference call with people who were talking about how they tried it. And it was so great. I was like, you've never tried real VR, have you? Uh, but <laughs> yeah. If I had one of these, the only thing I personally would use it for, I'd maybe use it on a plane, but I would also, this would be the one thing that when someone who's never tried VR, who's afraid to, because they don't want to look stupid, they think it's big and blocky and blah, blah. This looks enough like a pair of ski goggles that I think just about anyone would put these on their face and at least try it. And it might be the gateway for a couple people, but I'm not going to pay 500 bucks for that. No, yeah, I mean, that's not a good all. point. But like, what benefit is this going to give me over a Oculus Quest 2? Right. And and that's the big question for people that are already in the VR world who want to be more engaged with it. If it was priced at 200 or less, I might consider picking one of these up mm-hmm. just to say, just to put me that much more in touch with that sort of virtual environment when I'm on the go, when I'm in a spot where I can't use VR. But now it's like, what benefit is this going to give me over the Oculus Quest 2? And I don't know if there is a big reason right now unless they announce something really big in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I think the only the only thing that this could do that that couldn't is if you own a Tesla and you put it on autopilot, you could probably put this on your face and people would think it was sunglasses <laughs> and and probably get away with doing something totally illegal and just being in VR while your car is driving. But in a quest, they're going to know you're in VR. In this, they might think you're wearing funky sunglasses. I so. want to say right now that uh, <laughs> that the Full Dive Gaming Podcast is in no way legally bound to anything that you may or may not do with a VR headset in a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll bring you more on this as it happens, uh, as more comes out and as it actually releases. Uh, who knows? Maybe one of us will somehow get our eyes in one of these and tell you that it, there is something to it. But for now... Get a get a quest or get something else. Yeah. There's there's just too many better options. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of Quest and their parent company, you know Facebook that we all know and love. Uh, Adam, <laughs> you're going to tell us a little bit about Metaverse, which I'm super excited to hear about because I've been trying to follow it and there's a lot to it. But I know that there's Facebook talking about a Metaverse or their Metaverse, and then there's people talking about a public. Are these the same? T- explain it all to me because I, I I need help here. Yeah, so let's talk about the Metaverse. And you guys are going to have to stop me if I start getting way too technical because <laughs> the Metaverse is something that is really big. And one of the problems is that the bigger the idea, uh, the more that you can go off into really large tangents. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm going to do my best to not do that today. Um, but long story short, the metaverse is freaking weird. Um, it, it's basically Facebook trying to reimagine the internet itself, uh, which is pretty wild. So it's more than just VR. However, VR is a large part of it. They're trying to make the metaverse um, to be the semi-public thing like the internet. So you know the internet, Facebook is a part of the internet. You can... Um, you know, when you, when you use the internet, you don't just use Facebook. You can go to any number of different sites. Mm-hmm. Facebook is one of them. Now, Facebook is a big part of the internet now, and you can use your Facebook login in other places. Um, but that's what they're trying to do with the metaverse. It's not Facebook's thing alone. It's this huge collaboration between all these different companies who are basically going to get their own websites on this metaverse. But it's not... Um, but it's not like it's, it's like a, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find (laughs) words. I've been, (sighs) I've been binge reading this and it's really hard when you have an intuitive sense of what something is. And then you try and convey this because this is reimagining what the internet is. This isn't the internet through a monitor. This is a 3d shared space sort of internet. And so, and everything in this metaverse is going to be a part of that where, for example, During the pandemic, we've all been on a lot of Zoom calls. 
when you communicate with someone over the internet, you hop on a Zoom call and you see all of their faces in this wonderful grid on your monitor. Mm -hmm. The metaverse, if you were on a video call, it would be more of you are in a shared conference room with all of these people. So you have this sense of space. Someone can write on a whiteboard and you can choose where you look at. You can look at a person talking and you're ignoring the people over here. Or you choose to look down at your papers, but you can still look up at any time at everyone else in the conference room. And so everything about this metaverse is trying to be this sense of shared space, gaming, entertainment, social. Um, and so obviously VR lends itself really well to that. Have you done, I, I mean, we're kind of doing it right now. This could very well be a part of the metaverse. We're chatting and we're filming a podcast in Absolutely. VR. Yeah. This is our metaverse right now, that, and we're sort of <laughs> sharing that idea with it. But and, and the sense a, of, yeah, Jay. I, I listen, you remember Alex Makes VR. She was on the podcast before. I was listening to her podcast kind of talking about, you know, what this metaverse could really be, what it could look like. And it's hard to explain because it's not really a fully fleshed out idea. No one is currently saying, oh, the metaverse is just going to be this. You know, it's just going to be rec room what rec room is right now. You're going to be able to go play games. You're going to be able to go buy something or hang out on a social. They, people are looking at it as something so much bigger that people are having a hard time conceptualizing. Where does it end? What does it become? Cause like even people who first made the internet probably didn't predict this was where we would be right now. You know, <laughs> no. They were connecting, oh, no. they were connecting a few computers and being able to move things across those computers to each other. And that was huge. But now, I mean, we live our lives through and I pay my bills. I can't even imagine trying to figure out how to pay my bills in person. I don't even know if it's possible anymore. <laughs> so it's changed everything. So it's hard. We're at such an early conception of what is the metaverse? Where is this going? That it's hard to say, okay, here's what it's going to be. Here's what it is. So VRC, how, how versed are you in this? Do you want to kind of talk about what, what is your, what would you like to see from a metaverse? What do you kind of think the future might hold there? Well, in a sense, Facebook is already trying to accomplish the metaverse with their own Facebook uh, horizon. I don't know if you guys have tried yep. that yet. Yep. But in a sense, that's kind of the same thing what we were just discussing, where it has like, you know, we can hang with people. Oops, I just bash controllers together. You can hang with people. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can play a couple of games. You can do what you can do a lot of stuff in there. And I think that's, I think, I think it's an interesting idea. I don't know how I feel about it just yet, but I think it, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see where. Facebook's idea of the metaverse is going to be in like, say, five, six, maybe even seven years from now. And I'm sure, like, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can say. I don't Yeah, but here's one of the weirdest parts is that the metaverse isn't just a Facebook alone thing. They're trying to get all sorts of different companies and ideas and people in working on this. Um, because it's sort of like... You know, Facebook and Google had all of these crazy moonshot ideas to bring internet to Africa, right? It's like they weren't personally going to benefit by having a fleet of blimp, you know, Wi-Fis all over Africa. But it's just because there's such large presence on the internet that by giving people internet, they're going to get people using their services. And this is how Facebook exactly. is using the metaverse. They're making this metaverse free for anyone to use. And they invite all these different companies to come use it. And they know that by having a really good space in this metaverse, people are going to use it. But Facebook really believes in this idea. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg just gave a speech where they said that they are going to start working on hiring 10,000 employees mm -hmm. in the EU to start building and maintaining this metaverse, which is whoa. insane. Whoa. That's all I got to say. Whoa. <laughs> if yeah. you're looking for a job in the EU. <laughs> Maybe an you option. Might wanna, you might want to look into that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and it's and a good. So it's wild. It's a good discussion too. We were kind of touching on like when we're trying to talk about the metaverse, like the internet, you were saying, you know, there's all these companies and they're going to benefit from it. But if you think about in your physical everyday life, the internet exists, but you need a gateway to it. Whether that's your phone, that's a computer, you need something to get you onto it. So Facebook's stake in this is right now the Oculus Quest 2 is one of the fastest selling yeah, exactly. VR headsets ever. And if you need a VR headset or an AR headset, you need some sort of something to get you into the metaverse they would benefit from selling you their headset that's going to get you there. If if suddenly the metaverse is where you go to work, because, you know, let's say Google says, hey, never mind, we don't need to have people on a physical campus ever again. You're just all going to attend virtually. You can do your work from whatever. Well, 
everyone there is going to need a headset that gets them into it. So that is a stake that they have in this race. Uh, what what I didn't actually watch Zuckerberg stuff. I've been trying to kind of trying to hear everybody else's ideas about the metaverse before I listen to him. So what else, Adam, do you want to say or tell us about this? Because I'm I'm very curious Facebook side too. Yeah, I just want to say I just want to give one example where I was a skeptic and then as I was sitting thinking about it a little bit, how I'd bring it up on this podcast, I found a single example that I think could be game changing. So Facebook's idea for this is that people don't use it, the internet, or don't use this metaverse recreationally just for gaming, but it's a space where people will spend all of their time in eight hours Mm -hmm. a day during work and then afterwards for their gaming and social life as well. Um, And I thought that was a bit odd until I thought of an example. One of the hardest things about working as a software developer and working at home is that you don't get that sense of working on a similar project with other people. When I'm in the office and I have a question, I can just swivel my chair around and go, hey guys, I got a question. And then three people will look up from their computers and ask it and help me answer it. And it's sort of hard to do that uh, when you're remote because you have to like send a message to them and then you have to hop on a video call and then you can finally chat about and just feel so much more formal. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine with this sort of metaverse idea that you're there and you're still programming, you're working on your own, but you're still in the shared physical or virtual physical space with other people where you can still virtually swing your chair around and talk to your coworkers and they'll be able to look away from their computers and answer to you. And that could be, if they were able to get it right and get enough people on board, which is the problem, that could be completely game-changing. Mm-hmm. And... uh Another example out there while we're kind of throwing stuff around because I want your guys' opinion on this, a movie, a book, everyone's, you know, most people have heard of, seen clips or something. Ready Player One, It they all lived in this place called the Oasis where people worked and lived and played and hung out and met people and dated and went to dance clubs. Do you think their representation in that movie is truly what a metaverse could look like or should look like? Or do you think it's do you think it's totally off base from what's going on here right now? Yeah, VRC, what do you think? I think for me, right now, at this point in time in virtual reality, I think it's unrealistic. Maybe in like 10, 15 years when it's more advanced. And we have things like the, you know, suits and whatnot, but like I don't see the metaverse heading in that exact same direction. Somewhere along the lines, maybe. But not to the point where you go, you know, you you have a civilization basically in virtual reality. I don't think within the next maybe 10 years that's going to be possible. <laughs> I mean, you never know. You never know. Um, so you ne- never say never. But like at the rate everything is going on right now, I think it's going to go in, in, a, um, in a somewhat on the lines of the same direction. But like, like I said, not the same exact you know what i mean i'm trying to convey it as best as i can sure sure but Um, i think that's what facebook is going for with the metaverse this isn't a uh short-term project if they're hiring ten thousand peoples they're pushing this they're they're looking a decade or even two or three decades beyond yeah Yeah. for this sort of project yeah it's it's a question of how how comfortable can we make it because like right now i mean even at a computer or something. I don't want to be there for 12 hours a day just in front of my <laughs> computer, whether I'm on Netflix or working or whatever. That even isn't comfortable yet. So what is it going to take to make VR, AR, the these new XR headsets? What's it going to take to make that good enough that I wouldn't mind sitting in a virtual office for eight hours and then getting off from my virtual office and going to a virtual bar and then a virtual dance club? Like, What is it going to take <laughs> to be comfortable enough for that to be a level of existence we as humans are going to accept? That's a very good question. Um, I was actually thinking about the same thing. Like, when you're in VR for a long time, you not only get like when you're you get physically exhausted. You know, whether it be from the weight of the headset, that's another thing too. Like, if they're if you're planning to be in VR, or if they're planning for anybody to be in VR for more than you know five six hours a day, the headset's going to be like ultra light, like as light as a feather. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you know, your face is going to start, you know, hurting very badly. It's got to be Vive Flow light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's maybe the final takeaway is that for this to work, it's far out just because not maybe the virtual tech, the digital tech, but the physical tech itself mm-hmm. of how you access it 
isn't quite there yet. But when it is, I really think that this idea might have standing. And Adam's going to be watching this for the next 10, 20 years. He's going to be here on the podcast, keeping you informed about it. So make sure you're here for that. But speaking of (laughs) every week for the next 20 years, (laughs) speaking of where where this takes us, games, we got a cool game to talk about. Adam, what what do we got to tell him first, though? Well, first, we, of course, have to tell you about our wonderful friend, Asterian Products. We talked a lot about the Aura before. Let's talk a little bit about their uh, some of their other peripheries, such as the Origin. Now, the Asterian Origin is really made for VR users, uh, um, like the Quest, where you're in a room-scale space. It lays out on the floor so that you don't walk around and punch you know, your siblings in the face or anything. <laughs> it gives you a nice clear boundary that you can feel really well with your feet. A lot of traction so that when you're stepping around, you're not just going to have your feet slide out from under you. And it's a really good product. You can... Uh, hold on. I'm scrolling down where I can actually see it. <laughs> you can <laughs> save extra 10% on any steering products on Amazon with our code full dive 21 and i recommend you go check it out yes well, uh, no, what are you buying after this uh after this podcast <laughs> you're gonna, yeah get the mat or you can use code full dive on asterianproducts.com save five dollars off you know, you got options yep. stop punching the stop punching the wall yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, there's a new game out called song in the smoke and this is described as a vr survival game there's a lot to it though the developer there's a great interview where he talks about kind of the the ideas of how there's ai and stuff built in vrc how much how many hours have you spent so far in it i've put a good two three hours in you know just in the first ever since i was given access to it i've been putting a couple hours in and uh, do you want to explain my Yeah, before right we okay. jump too deep into it, what yeah. kind of game is Song in the Smoke? So Song in the Smoke is a action-adventure uh, survival game, obviously, and it's based in a land outside of time. That's what the setting is. And it's it's very hard. It's a very unique game. It's not like mm-hmm. the average survival game where you have multiplayer and you have, you know, you have to build forts with your friends and gather meats and build campfires <laughs> it's you know it's 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 different from that it's like it has a, it has a storyline believe it or not and um it, it 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 um i have a lot of you know yeah there's a lot b- there right buffering going on <laughs> no worries no worries <laughs> but I like got- Sorry, go ahead. I, I got a little bit into I didn't get nearly as far as VRC, so we're going to kind of ask him questions. He's going to help us fully understand it. But even in just the tutorials, you're like walking into this. It's like nothing really I've played yet in VR. I mean, you're picking up a stick and you're smacking it with a rock, trying to carve it into a tool that you're, you're going to then attach to something. I mean, there's levels to this game. You know, you're, yeah. you're foraging for berries. Big learning eat. curve. Big yeah. learning curve. <laughs> yeah. Even just the tutorial. I, I spent almost an hour and I don't think I'm even through the tutorial part. So... Once you get past that tutorial, what happens? Uh, what what we don't want spoilers here, but like, yeah. does the game still? Are you doing the same things? Are you crafting tools and getting food to survive, or is it more than that? I guess. Well, it's it's kind of the same, but not in the sense where it gets repetitive. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of games, you know, you do the same thing. Like, uh, for instance, like uh, you know, shooting games, you, you shoot somebody. You kill, you get killed. Same thing, same pattern over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, this is kind of the same thing. You craft, you hunt, you do it again. But it's different enough to where you really can't tell it's being repetitive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's adding like, more to it. You're learning yeah. more and getting new skills. Yeah, and there's a there's a a bunch of things that you can craft. I forget um, all the things you can craft. I forgot how many things you can craft. But there's uh, an absurd amount. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I got to say that this sort of survival crafting game is an area that a lot of games try to do. The the market is filled with these types of games. Even on VR, we got that uh, Township Tale MMO Mm -hmm. where you're doing a lot of the same thing. You're crafting and just trying to survive, getting out, going, getting more resources. Or Or even the forest. Yeah. Yeah, Or Minecraft VR. So what sets this game apart from some of those other survival crafting games? Well, to be fair, I've never played the forest, so I can't really say if it's different from that. Uh, you're but <laughs> <laughs> I've been planning on doing it, but uh, from Towns of Chale and Minecraft, like you said, it's it's a completely different game. Um, 
for one, the graphics are obviously completely different. And that's one of the things I love about this game is the art style. A lot of people don't like cell shaded. I personally, I love it a lot. Oh, it's a cell shaded game. Yeah, it's a cell shaded oh. game, like uh, like Jurassic World Aftermath. That's a cell shaded game as well. And Lies Beneath, another good example of a cell shaded game. I love cell shaded art styles. But what really, what really like fascinates me is the little details in the game. Like when you hit, you know, you go in the water and you you hit the water. You're not expecting anything. Um. But this actually like, it makes a splash or, you know. Wow. Animals. The animals are my favorite part about the game. They actually have a sense of, like, feeling, I guess. Like, they can feel if they're hungry, angry, like, scared. And they react differently depending on how they they are, like, the situated, uh, depending on the situation and how they're feeling. Like, if they're hungry and if they're, like, uh, you know, obviously a carnivore or whatever, they're going to try to attack you and eat you. But if they're, if they're full or tired... They'll actually like run away or go somewhere else, you know. That's one of the things I really like about this game is the yeah. AI. And th- and it's that's really one of the only things that I I looked up this game a little bit and watched some of the trailers. And that's one of the coolest things that I think that this game has to offer is that a exactly. lot of games, especially in VR, one of the big fantasies of VR is you being able to interact with the world. You're able to pick up objects and throw them around and you know, play with guns and look at these objects really close and manipulate them. But I feel like this game goes a step further and has the world interact with you. And so if an animal's hungry or scared, it'll interact with you differently. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, there's a, there's a movie that came out recently called free guy where kind of the (laughs) the concept was that the NPCs weren't just always standing in the bank being a banker. They actually went home. They had lives. And it's kind of interesting that a survival game, it's like they didn't just build the survival into your character. It's like everything in this world has a a fight to survive. And I don't think I've ever heard of any game really trying to accomplish that. And that can change how things act and are perceived to you to make it feel like a more lifelike world. Did it make you feel uncomfortable at all, VRC, knowing that you were, you know, taking a bow shot at this animal that not only, uh, you know, it's not just scripted, but it's interacting with the world. Uh, not at all. I didn't hesitate. <laughs> Die, <laughs> yeah. I know that makes you sound a little bit like a psychopath, but like, you know, when you're virtual reality, you have this sense that you know what's real and what's, you know, what's obviously inside the headset. And, you know, it could be the greatest scripting of all time. And for me, at least, I would still, I, I'm hungry. I need to eat. You're going to be my meal for it right now. And I'm going to try to shoot it. But it's still, I think it does present an interesting, um, like, it does present something really unique to the, the, the VR environment, like, with the animals reacting differently and how the environment sort of reacts around you. Like, I don't know if you guys, uh, I, I know you've played a little bit, but I don't know if you've ever played it. But when you walk through things like bushes or whatever, you see, like, leaves, like, puff up on your screen almost as, almost as if you're walking through bushes. Not like... Where uh, uh, let's say you're like a the forest, or whatever, where you walk through a bush and it, you know it's transparent. You know what I mean? Like, this, sure, sure. This physically fills up a bottom of your screen and making it feel or like visually feel like you're actually walking through a bush. Oh, that is or, cool. Yeah, and uh, one of the things, uh, real quick, is that they do have a sleeping mechanic. I don't know if you guys got on that far. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't it's, played it, so I don't know. <laughs> It's 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 kind of uh, it's very interesting to say the least. Um, what is your opinion on that? Well, unlike most games, you know, you in most games you go to sleep, it's night. You wake up, it's morning, or it's like eight hours automatically or something. This you fall asleep, but it says at any time hold a button, it's going to take you out of sleep. So you're choosing how much time you're spending to sleep. Oh. Uh, I don't know how what it translates to if you know one second is one minute i don't know any of that but i know that like i could sit there and watch and like see my health and things changing from it so i could kind of try to figure out okay how much time should i go before i stop uh but yeah i can't say any game has ever approached sleep in that way it's that's very different that is interesting now now how i'm getting really interested about this game and hearing you guys's recommendations i'm thinking i want to put uh, pick it up. How much is this going to set me back? And can I get it on Steam VR? Is or only Oculus? It is only Oculus ah! and PlayStation <laughs> VR. It is, it is PlayStation VR, Rift, uh, and Quest. Uh, I think it's 
for both quests. Okay. But the game uh, is twenty nine ninety nine USD, which I mean, f- for a game like this, I it's honestly for me, I, I'd actually pay that much for a game like this. I love survival games, um, so this is definitely something I'd recommend you at least trying at least once. Um, okay, now, and I know you've played it for a couple hours, and Jay, you've played it even less. Um, is there any sense of how long this game is? Is this a game like Minecraft where you're going to pick it up and you're just going to play it forever? Or is this well, a game okay. with a definitive beginning and end? And when you get to the end, you go, okay, that's it. I'm done. Like, how, but, how long is the game? I don't know exactly, but, you know, it's a bit of both. They do have a, a story, so there is a beginning and an end. But they do heavily encourage exploration. Like, go out and explore the world. Go grab yourself some berries or <laughs> go kill some animals or whatever. And it's not necessarily a definitive story-driven game. It's more of, like, The Walking Dead, for instance. Like, it has a story in the beginning, but they highly encourage you to scavenge for things. You know, build, you know, craft weapons and stuff. It's sort of the same in that sense. You have to build yourself some weapons. You know, make sure you're not freezing to death, and you're not—you can, you know, you're not—you're not starving, and you know, you can build yourself a nice little campfire, and that kind of stuff. And um, and what I think is really cool about this game too is, uh, like, it does tell you if you're hungry too, like 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 live games do, but it tells you if you're cold or if you're too hot. Like, if you're freezing, you'll see like these snowflakes popping around your screen that'll indicate that you're getting way too cold you need to get out of whatever you're in <laughs> and that's uh, same thing with hunger like you see start like chicken or whatever you know sur- surrounding your vision like little uh illustrations of chicken and stuff but yeah that's i think that's one of the uh unique for me at least i, th- I thought it was really cool that they added the uh temperature aspect to this game well that does sound really cool and it sounds like there's tons of good ui to support it well, when I eventually pick up an Oculus Quest <laughs> 2, uh, this will be one of the games that I'm just going to have to try out. It's, yeah. it's, it's interesting, but before you do, there was one final thing I kind of wanted to touch on about this game, and that goes back to we, our discussions in previous podcasts of gaming literacy. So for people out there who don't know what I'm talking about, when you pick up a game, you kind of instinctively know with a flat, normal game, if you press, you know, uh, you're on a 2D game. If you press up, that might be jump. If you press right, that might be ju- run right. You know, you've gotten used to playing games over time, yeah, and absolutely. you expect certain things. Well, VR is kind of getting to that point, and this game is kind of breaking a lot of those rules. Oh like, boy! To get your inventory out, I, I kept trying to reach over my shoulder and like grab the pack. Yeah, you know? and that is not what you do. You press a single button, and it pops up this big cloak of all your stuff in it in front of you, and you can grab your inventory there. And if you want to put something away when it's in your hand, you're holding it. With your grip button, you press your trigger to put it in your pack. Oh, I kept ew. like I kept oh, like trying ew. to throw stuff over my shoulder, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I you know we haven't made specific rules yet for VR. We're still too new, but like, but there should be some rules. Like, yeah, why yeah. aren't we following these other <laughs> things that are kind of tried and true already? So there's little things like that that were kind of bugging me. You'll get used to it, but don't yeah. jump into this thing thinking you're going to just feel right it's, at home. You can it's tell it's going to be excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell someone made this that may not have. You know, it, it, this has probably been worked on for years before these rules were made and and we're getting there. So be aware of some of those things. I haven't been in the game long enough to do it, to give you a definitive yay or nay yet. But I like survival games, so I will definitely be playing this a lot more and getting back to you. Yeah, I wanted to talk more about the inventory uh, system, if you guys don't mind real quick. Um, for me, like I said, like you said, it, it, is, it is a little bit weird that you have to press a button. But I felt like the inventory was way too big. I felt mm. I felt like there's way too many slots. In a survival game, you're supposed to feel like pressure, you know, anxiety, things that will make you <laughs> make choices in, in the game. Like, should I use this or should I put this in my backpack and use this later on? And you can put a bunch of stuff in your backpack like that. I think there's like 20 slots that you can use, which is I think is a lot. Um, that's one of my biggest – that's one of my biggest pieces about the game is like the inventory sets. I know it's like so – so minor, but for me, I think that just I, – I like the game a lot, but I think that just takes from the overall appeal of the, of the game for me. Yeah. VRC, are you going to be doing a full review on your channel of this game? I actually have done a gameplay of it, but okay. I don't know if I will be doing a review on it. Just because there's so many things to cover and like uh, 
I actually, yes, I have done a review. I, I lied. <laughs> there, there is a, it's a gameplay mixed with a review. Uh, if you know what I mean, like first impressions, kind of what you thought of it so far. Well, yeah, I, that kind. Our listeners are going to hear you. So, you know, they might want to find out more. They might want to check out more about this well, game. They might want you to get back in your chair. <laughs> tell them, <laughs> tell them where do they find you? Where do they go to hear more? So, do you mean like uh, like my YouTube channel link yeah, or like yeah, a, yeah. whatever you want to shout out right what now? What platforms are you on? I'm mainly on YouTube, specifically YouTube. Uh, I also have a Discord, which is also linked to my YouTube. So you just go to my about page and join that. But uh, if you want to go to my YouTube, just look up Virtual Reality Check. And I should hopefully be the only one that pops up. If not, uh, there's, <laughs> there's, something, there's something wrong with my keyboards there. But I think, yeah, uh, it's an interesting survival game. And there's one more thing I, I, I want to add. This game, I feel desperately needs at least a co-op mode. I feel like it desperately needs it. You know, hopefully it's coming. Yeah, because that survival yeah. games always do better with a friend. Yeah, yeah. and I'm um, and we can petition the developers. <laughs> and hopefully, send them your way to your Discord channel. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and um, I asked the developers if they plan on bringing it to Steam VR, and they just told me flat out no. They're not oh. in the, not in the near future, at least. So, any like uh, for you Valvedix users, I apologize on their behalf, but there is no support coming for Steam VR. <laughs> I know. At, Feel free to time. come onto our Discord and mock me for that because apparently <laughs> I won't be playing it for a while. Yeah, I mean, even, I, even with VSVR, they do have it on PSVR, and you know, Adam, Adam does not do these things. <laughs> no, <laughs> there will be some future ramifications to discuss in a future podcast about what that means for the VR industry as a whole. But <laughs> Adam. What 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 do people need to know about us before we before we finish this? Well, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you're more than welcome to hop over to our Discord server. Uh, you can ask us questions directly to us that we'll be able to answer um, in our next podcast. You can provide suggestions to help steer what games we talk about. If there's a game you love and we haven't talked about it yet, feel free to suggest it to us. We always love picking up new games such as this one. Um, you can become a direct supporter of this podcast on Patreon and get priority on our Q&A questions. If you're listening to the podcast, consider checking out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, consider taking us on any audio platform that exists, maybe on the go, so that you're not uh, watching us with your VR goggles on your Tesla autopilot mode. <laughs> um, we're on pretty much every podcast platform out there, so go ahead and and tune into us. But as always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, when it comes to VR, you have to dive on in. Dive on in. in. <laughs>